The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters. Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl G., and I bring you greetings from the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California. Today, we're going to be talking about how do you survive working with a difficult supervisor? And on the line with me today is our associate producer, Valerie Wright, CEO of Wright Ideals Unlimited. Valerie, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Dr. G. Looking forward to the conversation. Yes, definitely. And I know our co-host, uh, Jenny Firmer, will um, join us as she gets an opportunity. She's transitioning out of another commitment at the moment. Uh, Jenny is with Alfred Jewish Family and Children's Services, there where Valerie is also in West Palm Beach, Florida. So we'll look forward to Jenny grow, uh, joining us later on. Uh, we are always excited to get um, questions from our listening audience, and I know that we have some already, so I'm not going to prolong it. I'm going to just say let's just jump right into the conversation. So, Valerie, you have questions from our listening audience on, this, on today's topic? I do have um, a question from Marguerite. In California, Marguerite says, my supervisor is downright mean and uses threats and intimidation to get results. His language is abusive and, in my opinion, does not belong in a professional setting. He is an executive and the president of the company, and the president of the company has witnessed this behavior and does nothing in response. So we feel like he is supported. What can I do to improve this situation without having to resign from my job? Well, oh, right. Yeah. Margarita, thank you so much for your um, question. And really, um, my heart goes out to you to hear that that's the type of work environment you are trying to survive in. And it certainly speaks to our um, our title with regards to surviving, uh, working with a difficult supervisor. Um, you know, I'm wondering if there is a safe place within your organization to um, to reach out. And um, safe place maybe being if you have a um, someone in HR that you would feel comfortable speaking with. Um, and um, I don't know if you have. Uh, probably that's probably the safest um, recommendation I can think of. Not not saying that that is safe because the dynamics of your organization would dictate whether or not that's safe. Um, but I'm thinking for you to have a safe space to just be able to step back and strategically think about how you might be able to um, raise the situation in a um, non-threatening way. Um, 
perhaps first to your supervisor. I think sometimes we're really close to it. Um, it's difficult to formulate our thoughts and to formulate how we can share what it is we want to share without making the other person defensive. So my encouragement would be for you to try to find a safe way to have a conversation to be able to um, share with your boss you know, what's working for you now and what would help you to be more effective in supporting him and in doing what it is um, you want to get done So, uh, or you need to get done. So maybe by being able to, you know, share with him um, what you think would be, um, you know, a vision. And perhaps a vision could be, you know, I really want to see everyone come to work and be fully committed to getting things done. And um, I think there's a lot of things that you bring, you know, Mr. President. I mean, no, actually, Mr. Executive. He said he's an executive who reports to the president. So whoever this person is. And um, that's very helpful. And then there's some other things that really makes it challenging for everyone to be at their best because it it introduces um, a sense of fear that probably isn't the best um, energy for people to have to work under. It would be really helpful if um, what we said was encouraging and um, and if we could um, support people without really using language that feels um, challenging for others to hear. Can we talk about this? So maybe I'm thinking, Marguerite, if you can introduce it and begin to have a conversation that just puts it on his radar screen as it relates to the impact that it's having for others, and maybe that would then help him begin to be aware of his impact and maybe do some things differently. Um, Valerie, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I Well, I, here's the thing. It's having been in a difficult situation like this, I think, Trying to have the conversation is the first step with that supervisor and with all of what you um, described in terms of how do you how to have it. I think the other is you know at some point you know she says she doesn't want to have to resign from her job. Well, the other option is that you talk about you know you're you know I don't know the degree to which he's abusive, but if you're being threatened or there's physical or um, some other abusive treatment, I think that has to be addressed with personnel, um, the, the personnel department, because that's not acceptable regardless to who it is. And that may mean, you know, your job, because sometimes people retaliate. They're not supposed to, but that happened. But I think that's a, that has to be dealt with. I also think that, you know, you have to... Maybe there's someone in the organization who can help you look at ways maybe you can communicate differently than you are to be effective in how you have conversations with him. Maybe a mentor, maybe a coach, maybe a supervisor who uh, has witnessed the behavior and can help you with strategies on how to respond during those times. It's a very difficult situation because unless... Um, you know, you're in it, it's hard to, and not know all the details, it's hard to advise um, on how to respond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not sure he's aware. If he's not aware, maybe he will be open to hearing, mm-hmm. you know, his, the impact, how the impact of his behavior is affecting you. 
Yeah, I mean, and the, others. Right. I mean, I think the other thing that comes to mind is that when stuff happens in organizations, um, you know, people don't always respond in the healthiest way. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the natural responses we found, um, you know, uh, just through looking at systems, is that people will tend to begin to evaluate others and think of them as insensitive or incompetent or malicious, and they can take it personal and can react to it in a way where they lose focus on trying to be able to partner uh, with the other person. Mm-hmm. So my um, my thinking, Margarita, is maybe, um, you know, that may be that he too is in a space of feeling um, a lot of stress and challenged and um a um, a healthier response to sometimes what might feel like stuff coming at us is to really try to kind of see things from the other person's perspective, mm-hmm. increase our empathy, and respond empathetically, um, taking the other person's view, one might say, into account and think, what might I do to be able to kind of ease their condition to then maybe be able to figure out how best to partner with this person and shift the energy mm-hmm. is another um, thing you may want to think about. You know, I understand from a, um, one might say, an ethical perspective, um, you know, taking this up with um, HR, regardless of whether or not there's politics involved and so on and so forth, I understand that um, from a cognitive perspective, from a practical perspective, and I think you have to think strategically about your life and um, what's going to work best for you. I think that if HR is a safe place for you to go, that's a good place for you to start. And I think if it's not a safe place for you to go, then you're getting with um, someone confidentially to be very strategic about how you approach it and who you approach Um you know, again, where Valerie went is where I would go first, and that is um, trying to fortify yourself to have the conversation with him first. And um, and if that's successful, great. And if it's not successful, then moving forward with the next thing being then, you know, how do you then um, position yourself as safe as possible to begin to address this with other issues, I mean, with others um, as opposed to with him directly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Any any final thoughts or ideas to give Margarita? Yeah, I, I just think it's, you know, again, as Dr. G expressed, I know this is a difficult situation. I've been in that situation myself. And part of um, helping myself through the process, I got a, an executive coach who was an external person mm-hmm. who could help me um, actually get through some of the, you know, help me see the other person as someone who was trying to make his way in the organization as opposed to, and I guess the way I would put it is, is to not take it personally, mm-hmm. is to be maintain this distance, set a different boundary around how it impacted me, understand that it wasn't just happening to me, so if I could see myself as a part of an organization and not just think it was all being directed at me, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It helped me then begin to gain perspective that it really was the person and not me. So mm-hmm. what do I needed to do to be successful working with a person whose personality was like that? Because you can't change the personality. So how can I be successful mm-hmm. in my, because I didn't want to leave my job just as you didn't, at least mm-hmm. not at that moment. Um, mm-hmm. So, yes, I think it's also getting support in looking at your own um, uh, personality and interaction styles and all that to see how you could better manage in that environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and I'll just dovetail and say, <laughs> when I say we begin to evaluate others and potentially being malicious or insensitive or incompetent, you know, those things may be very well true. Yes. But the challenge becomes when that becomes the focus. The focus right. still needs to be on the partnership of trying to move forward whatever the mission, the vision is of what it is you need to accomplish. You know, what's the end state that you're working to move things to? And and really saying, you know, kind of right-sizing our expectations about what we're dealing with and yeah. saying, you know, is there a way to actually take this person's world into account make things easier for them so that I can get what I need more easily from them to continue to move things forward. Mm-hmm. And and if we can um, let that be the focus um, versus the evaluation of their behavior, not that their, beha- not that their behavior is, is correct or should be excused, mm-hmm. but right. it's keeping you in a healthy space, mm-hmm. keeping you in a trusting space of being empowered to continue to move forward with it and not getting caught up in it. You know, Valerie said um, that the not taking it personal, I used to always um, be mindful, remind people to, you know, kind of Q-tip it. Sometimes we run into so much stuff and it's quit taking it personal. Mm-hmm. And it's not that it is, um, not that it doesn't feel personal. Right. But very often when people are stuck in spaces where you've described your supervisor as kind of being somewhat downright mean and so on and so forth, that issue is bigger than you. Right. And so don't take on his issue as being your issue. Take on what your issue is, and that is trying to move forward with what you try, need to move forward with. Okay. So, um, Margarita, thank you so much for your question. I know, Valerie, you have others in the queue. We're going to try to move through more of them in this second segment. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders inspiring solutions. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. G. Her email address is drg at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. 
Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to drg at innovations.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Jenny Firmer has joined us, our, co- our co-host. Uh, Jenny, thanks for being on the line. Oh, gosh, it's my pleasure. Good to talk with you all. Yes, definitely. Jenny is the Associate Executive Director with Alfred Jewish Family and Children's Services in West Palm Beach, Florida. And our Associate Producer, Valerie Wright, CEO of Right Ideas Unlimited, is also on the line with us. Thank you also, Valerie, for being with us. Thank you, Dr. G. Yeah, and Valerie, before we jump to the next question, I, I kind of reflecting on Margarita's question, um, we we're talking about her going to HR, and I'm saying HR, but wherever within your organization where you have employee relations is really the space that I'm thinking. So for some uh, municipalities, that may be labor relations, um, you know, so it may be different places, but wherever you find a safe place, um, and probably that space where employee relations is dealt with, Margarita, is kind of like what I had in mind with regards to your finding um, a safe space to vet that. And Valerie brought up a really good point when you talked about getting even an external executive coach. Mm-hmm. That can also be um, a helpful thing to do to just have a very safe, confidential space, someone who can be a um, a thought partner with you and help you then process how to deal with such a difficult situation. So thanks again for your question. Valerie, I know you had another question from our listening audience. Want to jump to it? I do. I have an anonymous question. It says, my supervisor has a habit of walking into my office and just start barking out directions. It doesn't matter what is going on. If I'm on the phone or has someone in my office or I'm in the middle of writing an email, Asking her to hold a moment gets ignored. How can I improve communications between my boss and myself? Okay. Um, Jenny, would you like to start us off with your thoughts on on this? Yeah, you know, that's a tough one, Anonymous, because um, even though I wasn't on the line with you all earlier, what I was hearing is that it's really hard to change personalities. And so while... It's really important to understand that we may never be able to control anyone else. It doesn't mean that we should not take the risk in an appropriate way to talk with a supervisor. And so it is a thoughtful process. You don't want to be barking back, for example. 
You really want to think about it. You want to, um, so much depends on other than that kind of, um, as you describe her or him, I forget if it was a her or him coming in and barking directions is to maybe request a time to meet that can hopefully be a space where you can express, and this is important how it gets phrased, how you can express how you experience the communication. So um, I'm a big one on communication, and I think that very seldom or it is rare that we're really taught how to uh, communicate effectively. And so if we understand where potential barriers are to effective communication and we understand the impact that we have in trying to understand our intent and try and have in our minds the impact that we want, it may, the dialogue may sound something like, if you are able to get that time, is I'm going to call her Sally. Sally, I really appreciate the time. I really wanted this opportunity to share with you some of the struggles I have and how I experience you when you are asking me to do things. Mm -hmm. And hopefully, the intent would be, the impact hopefully would be, oh, tell me more about that or what is the problem or however that reaction is. But I think it sometimes takes the risk. I mean, it sometimes is that we need to take the risk in thinking through about how we can get our supervisor's attention to share our concern. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, you know, and I would um, tend to agree with much of what Jenny has expressed. Um, before I share my thoughts, Valerie, any thoughts from yourself on this? Um, I agree with Jenny. I think any work that. It, that's a basic respect is that when you, even as a supervisor, to respect um, the employee's space when you walk into it, what's happening, what's going on before, you know, you begin to engage. And uh, the, I think that it's imperative that she has a conversation with the supervisor. Um, but I think another thing that's going on, and it helps to understand impatience of leaders, often um, people who are in leadership roles often have dominant personalities and they just have a level of impatience with process and um, have an air of expectation that their presence command attention. And so having um, a level of tolerance but not allow yourself to be disrespected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, uh, thank you, Valerie. <clears throat> Anonymous, I think my... Um my thoughts are in that moment. You probably want to, uh, you know, uh, do what you've been doing, which is kind of like delay responding. But then as Jenny, um, and I say delay going into your issue, but simply be responsive in the moment to take care of what your boss's concern is. And then in a different space, um, look to have a conversation. I don't know if you have one-on-ones with your supervisor or if you can schedule one-on-one. Um, but to really, in, in a different space outside of whatever that space and energy is, to be able to um, really, um, and there's a, a feedback model where you just provide positive intent. So to express some positive intent to your supervisor and say, you know, I really want to support you and I really want to work well with you and at the same time make sure that I'm being supportive and respectful to others who I am engaged with and working with as well, 
and then just talk about the situation, you know, and, uh, you know, say when she comes into your office and her behavior is X, Y, Z, the impact is this, and can we talk about some suggestions on how she can get her needs met when she's feeling a sense of urgency and at the same time create a space where you can feel respected and feel like you're respectful of others who you might be trying to serve. And in that space, maybe the two of you can figure out, you know, what needs to happen differently. It may be that your supervisor doesn't even realize, um, you know, is like not conscious of her behavior or maybe not conscious of the impact that that um, she's having and just having mm-hmm. the awareness might in and of itself help herself manage better. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, if she is aware but she's just doing it, hopefully the conversation will be one that will help her and you come to some agreement as to what could work better. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm all for, as uh, Jenny indicated, um, direct communication initially. Mm-hmm. trying to have that and, and, and trying to have it in a positive way and, and really kind of thinking through. And I, I find the positive input, I mean, positive impact, situation, behavior impact, if you can ahead of time kind of think through that process, then you can co- hopefully communicate in a constructive way that won't put her on the defense or him on the defense. Right. Did I hear you going to say something? Yeah, I was going to add that, that we talk about in effective communication, the power of I statements. Mm-hmm. And it usually goes something like, you know, Sally, I would like to talk with you about something that deeply concerns me. I feel ABC or I think ABC when I experience you as PQW because, and then that kind of structures that difficult conversation. Mm-hmm. Good. So, um, Valerie, anything you want to add to Anonymous? No, I think that that was good advice both both of you. Okay, very good. Hopefully that gives you at least some things to think about. Uh, Valerie, another question? Yes, I have a question from Philip in Arizona. He says, I have a supervisor who makes work life miserable. Everything is about him, and I feel like everything I do is wrong. I walk on eggshells every day waiting to see what he's going to find wrong. I feel beat down, and I'm losing losing confidence in myself and my decision-making abilities. How can I address this situation with him without having a major confrontation? Mm, Philip, I feel for you, too, and... um Arizona. Um, hmm. Jenny, why don't we start with yourself, unless, Valerie, you want to share your thoughts to Philip first. Uh, I'm good with Jenny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny, thoughts? Well, you know, the, these are really tough ones because I, tough. I always want to be talking with, like, Philip and asking a few more questions to get a few right. more pieces of information so that um, my comments are, are not quite so general, and yet... Um, not having a chance to speak with Philip in Arizona directly, I would say that um, it's really, really hard to do your best work when you're feeling beaten down, and yet that's a, a real feeling, and it's a natural feeling to having to be on eggshells and <clears throat> kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop all the time, so to speak. Um, one of the ways that I can think of is to using the communication skills we've discussed 
previously, but to find out very specifically from your supervisor and and try and, in a very positive way, ask about expectations. Um, to really approach it in a non-defensive way and to say, I really want to do a better job, and I know I get a lot of feedback from you, but I wonder if there's a way for us to talk about expectations and for you to articulate to me very specifically what your expectations are mm-hmm. as one tool to really focus on what the supervisor's mm-hmm. expectations might be that, yes. you know, mm-hmm. we don't know if Philip's had that conversation and whether right. it's even been helpful in the past. Mm-hmm. Good. Okay. Thank you, Jenny. Uh, Valerie, any thoughts from yourself? Yes, I think one of the things that I know I say this a lot, but I know the impact of coaching in a work environment. I think having an opportunity to meet with a coach, if you have someone in your, even if they're not quote-unquote labeled a coach, but another supervisor, someone in HR who can help you understand your own work style, uh, your communication skills, maybe there is something that is contributing to the agitation that exists between you and your supervisor. And I I say this because we have to start with ourselves. That is the one person we have control over um, to look at what we're doing that may be contributing to the problem, not saying you are the problem, and then how you can work to improve areas that may then impact your interactions with the supervisor in terms of his finding fault. Okay, very good. And, and Philip, I have some thoughts I want to share with you, too. It looks like we have to go to another commercial break, so please stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. G. Her email address is drg at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Today's business marketplace is becoming increasingly global thanks to technologies that didn't even exist a few short years ago. Your business might be a startup or you might be one of the global 500. Either way, you're probably looking at customers and competitors in faraway regions. Listen for Global Reach with host Tay Rivez as she brings together experts, ideas, and listeners to help you anywhere in the world. Global Reach is broadcast every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are 
are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to drg at innovations.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl G. with the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California. With me on the line is our co-host, Jenny Fermer, Associate Executive Producer with Alpert Jewish Family and Children's Services, and our Associate Producer, Valerie Wright, with Wright Ideas Unlimited, based in West Palm Beach, Florida. Uh, welcome back to each of you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And before we went to break, I know we were responding to Philip out of Arizona's question. And I just, um, <coughs> excuse me, Valerie, one of the things that you indicated, you said he has a supervisor <clears throat> where everything is about him. Mm-hmm. And that just kind of struck me. You know, and as we go through these conversations, I'm hoping that um, the leaders that are listening, the supervisors and the managers that are listening, that you're hearing some of the things that employees find very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and that hopefully if you can see yourself in the shoes of any of these styles that may be very difficult for your employees, that um, you would kind of check yourself and think about, wow, do I do that and to what extent do I do that and how do I shift gears and get out of it? It is very difficult to work for someone who's suffering from narcissism. Um, but unfortunately, like Valerie said, you know, sometimes when people get into positions of authority, it can be very easy for them to take their influence and make, you know, so much about the importance of themselves mm-hmm. versus yeah. the importance of them being able to support others and so that they, so that those who they are supporting can deliver on their behalf. Mm-hmm. So, and the one, sorry, yeah, uh-huh. the, the other thing I'd really like to encourage people to do is to talk with their HR director or someone in HR about the, you know, kind of challenges that they're having and maybe get some direct tips because they can go into more detail very specifically about what the issues are. Yeah, and it, and it may be HR or it may be another senior person. It may, I, I, I always say you understand the politics of your organization and mm-hmm. figure out what's right. the safe point. space for you. Because sometimes point. the safe space is right. HR, sometimes the safe space may right. not be. But mm-hmm. for um, me, it was another executive, so I yeah. would definitely echo that, Dr. G. Yes, um, right. So, so it becomes real important to figure out, yeah, where is that safe space for you? And if you can't find one, then maybe, as Valerie suggested, there's a, you know, someone you can get some coaching or maybe there's a mentor outside of the organization that might help you. Um, Sometimes you have to invest in yourself, and so that may mean, you know, mm-hmm. you don't want to ask the organization to pay for that. You have to pay for it yourself. But if mm-hmm. if the goal is to have a um, a great working relationship, then um, that may be worth the investment. Yeah, absolutely. And then I loved uh, Jenny's um, where I saw her going was that really by being able to sit down and have a conversation. Um, with your supervisor that doesn't sound confrontational where you're asking about, you know, expectations, it's really positioning yourself to be proactive. And it's like, you know, how might you then be able to um, get, you know, just get in front of it to where you can um, much more um, effectively find yourself positioned to where you can respond versus reacting to a lot of yuck. Um, so I loved um, 
your thoughts, Jenny, with regards to really helping Philip sit down and have that conversation around expectations that hopefully might position him to be a, you know much more proactive in finding out what his supervisor needs from him. And then don't lose confidence in yourself, Philip. Because um, when you lose your confidence, then you lose your ability to perform. So finding a space where you also can rebuild your esteem, and I don't know if that's getting a journal where you can, you know, journal and give yourself positive affirmations about yourself. Because sometimes the world around us is affirming. Sometimes the world around us is not affirming. But if you have negativity that's coming at you and you absorb it and you don't give yourself anything to counter it, then, yes, you absolutely can erode your own self-esteem. And as you erode your self-esteem, then you may find yourself not feeling um, empowered to perform and it becomes almost a double whammy. So really figuring out where do you go to get some emotional support so that you can um, realize and um, appreciate the value that you bring so that you can stay at your best and not let someone else's negativity beat you down. Right. Mm-hmm. Good. Uh, thanks again, Philip, for sending in your question. Valerie, any others? Yes, I have a very interesting question from Evelyn in Wisconsin. She says, what are some strategies I can take while I am interviewing for a job to avoid getting hired by a person who may be a difficult boss? Is there any way during the interview process to determine the type of person the supervisor will be? Hmm. Thank you for your question, Evelyn. Uh, any thoughts, Valerie or Jenny? Your turn, Valerie. Okay, let's see. First of all, <laughs> I want a, a telltale sign is the turnover rate. So somewhere in the process, especially as it relates to that position, which will tell you something both about the position and the supervisor, is to know what the turnover rate for that position um, that you're applying for. I think it will... Um, it will speak to who, either the position itself or the supervisor. So that's that's a piece of data. I think the other thing, and I had this experience um, when I interviewed for a foundation, I had the opportunity to be interviewed by and interview people I would be working with, which is also another way of finding out how they, you know, I guess without being direct, but certainly trying to find out what kind of work environment, how do they feel about, you know, the culture of the organization department um, through those coworkers if you had that kind of opportunity. Um, and maybe you, some question about, you know, what, what do they think the strengths of the supervisor is, strengths are. Um, and um, I think... That is one of the things, turnover definitely speak to who the supervisor is. Okay. Any additional thoughts from yourself, Jenny? Yeah, I I like that question. Um, I also think that um, as professionals, we use our kind of internal assessment skills, if you will. And I think definitely go prepared to ask questions. I find it really frustrating if I'm interviewing someone 
as a potential employer and they haven't gone to the website and they aren't familiar with who, they don't have to know all the details, but who we are as an organization. And then when I say, you know, do you have any questions? And they go, no, I think you've answered everything. Because if I'm hiring someone for a supervisory or leadership or management position, um, not exclusively, but particularly those kinds of positions, I really need to know that someone has um, a thorough understanding of culture of an organization. So even asking, you know, how would you describe the culture of this organization? I mean, some tough questions can really be helpful to get a sense and use your own assessment skills and trust your own assessment skills to understand who you might be working with. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, really, um, I don't know always, Valerie, if the turnover rate is reflective of the supervisor. However, I think the turnover rate is definitely a telltale sign as relates to some, you know, some concerns may be there. So I think that's a wonderful question to ask. And I do think being prepared to ask questions about the workplace culture, um, I, asking that supervisor, you know, What's most important to them? Mm-hmm. Um, what do they think, you know, someone moving into this new position will find to be the most enjoyable aspect of the job? What do they think would be the most challenging aspect of the job? When they think of themselves as a supervisor, if they were supervising their own self, what might they identify as being what others might find to be the most challenging thing about them? I mean, asking some of those revealing questions, it's a great space to build some rapport, but also kind of get a sense. And I don't think that the interviewing needs to stop at the interview. I think that if you have an opportunity to do any of those on-site visits, um, as Valerie was talking about, you know, you don't drive that assessment process. So how much access you have or you don't have is often based on um, the, how the process is set up. But maximizing the opportunity to ask questions and being thoughtful ahead of time as to what those questions will be, that will give you a sense of determining what type of supervisor and using that internal compass, as Jenny is saying, is probably a great way to go. And when you're hired in a position, you know, in your own mind, um, begin early on trying to assess what you think it's going to be like and whether or not you've stepped into a pair of shoes that are going to be comfortable to walk in or not. And it's okay to say, you know what? Um, I don't think this is the best fit for me. So you get an extended interview, um, you know, even once you're in that position, you know, use those first couple of weeks to solidify that you've made the right decision or you haven't made the right decision and opt out early if you need to. So that's just kind of like my thought. I don't know, Jenny or um, Valerie, any additional thoughts? No, I... Yeah. Jumping in, uh, you know, I once had someone ask me, and it was for um, a position that was for a relatively large department, and this person looked at me and kind of in a challenging way, but I'm comfortable with that. Not all supervisors would be comfortable with that. said, so if I were to ask you the one thing that you simply don't tolerate <laughs> from someone in a position like me, what would that be? And I thought that was a brilliant question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think my answer was equally as brilliant, but I'm kidding. About that. <laughs> That's because you're just brilliant, Jenny. No, no it's I'm that sure I don't was, like Jenny. surprises. <laughs> I know yeah. what it is. I don't like surprises. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And so yeah. that would tell me what about you? It tell me that you're a planned person. You um, right. you like to be well informed and yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not that I believe everything goes according to plan, but communicate yeah. with me. because yeah. you may get a good feeling mm-hmm. about a potential boss and then get on the job and it's not what you think. You know, mm-hmm. and back to what you said, Doctor G. It's not the end of life. You you change is possible. You can. Mm-hmm. Make a decision to opt out, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So mm-hmm. it looks like we need to um, go to break again when we come back. Valerie, do you have any other questions? That- I, I have another question. Okay, great. So when we come back, we will look to um, take some final questions from our listening audience on this topic of today. How do you survive working with a difficult supervisor? Stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network leadership matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. need to improve leadership staff or organization performance contact InnoVisions today for quality effective and affordable leadership staff and organization development training coaching and consulting services call 858-244-8264 that's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. G. Her email address is drg at innovisions.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Zoom Leadership. It's the big picture issues of the day, up close and personal capabilities of leadership, and a desirable future of constant renewal. Zoom Leadership. It's the economic crisis made clear, patterns and perspectives of leadership, and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future. Join host John Schmidt every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Zoom Leadership. An inside look at what's really going on in business, government, and civil society. Tune in every week on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to drg at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl G. with Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California. We have our co-host, Jenny Firmer, also on the line, Associate Executive Director with Alpert Jewish Family and Children's Services out of West Palm Beach, Florida. And also out of West Palm Beach, Florida is Valerie Wright, CEO of Right Ideals Unlimited, our associate producer. Thank you all for being on the line, and thank you to our listening audience who sent in questions on how do you survive working with a difficult supervisor. Valerie, before we went to break, you indicated you had another question. Yes, I have a question from Elizabeth in California, and she says, what are three things I can do to improve my relationship with my difficult, grumpy boss? (laughs) (laughs) 
that's good. Thank you for sending in your question. A difficult, grumpy boss. Any ideas, Jenny or um, Valerie, first? Well, I think the first thing is, regardless, (laughs) you have to um, keep your professional demeanor at all times. That's, um, you know... It's one thing not to like your boss. It's another to not have a good relationship. So I think keep it professional. Have Establish boundaries that are um, effective in terms of how much you allow it to get to you. I think another is, and I was reading an article as I was preparing for this show, that talked about um, employees can encourage good behavior with praise uh, so it was saying, you know, we criticize our supervisors all the time and we go to them and we tell them what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong. But how often do we actually encourage them through praise as we expect from them or tell them they're doing a great job or what we do appreciate about them, even if they're difficult bosses. So I think one of the things you can do is is find authentically and sincerely things that you feel comfortable saying they're doing great at and you appreciate. I think that creates a better relationship. Mm-hmm. I, I love that and I so agree. How about yourself, Jenny? Any thoughts? Well, you know, I think um, I, would, I would agree with what you were saying. I'm, I'm, I'm still stuck on how honest Elizabeth is. I love it. Um, <laughs> just tell it like it is, you know. I think that, um, yes, recognizing and kind of spoke about this a little during the break, that bosses are human too. Mm-hmm. And that bosses have difficult days. I mean, that, you know, we we kind of expect that bosses are going to act in a more professional manner and that it is. When we're in a leadership position, it is our responsibility to be the quote, and I mean this without disrespect, the bigger person. But um, I think that we need to make a list of the kinds of situations where we've witnessed that cranky behavior that gives us. So we need to sit back and think it through and also think about um, our own behavior. Are, are we grumpy? Do others experience it? It's kind of tuning in. Maybe it's because I'm a social worker. But I won't blame social work on this. It's really tuning into what what I mean by grumpy because you can't be talking to your boss about, you you know, I experience you as grumpy. But you have to be able to describe the situation in a way that articulates how you experience grumpiness <laughs> that that is directed at you. And the reality is that it may not even be directed at you. It may just be a really bad day. So some of the ways that I can think of to kind of disarm um, a boss or a supervisor who's a little grumpy is to acknowledge it looks like you're having a bad day. That in and of itself can just really change a situation and how they might then mm-hmm. respond differently. Yeah, uh, thank you. Uh, Elizabeth, um, you know, my thoughts, you're saying, you know, what are some things you can do to improve your relationship with your difficult, um, and I think, what was it, grumpy boss? Grumpy. Yeah, yeah well, I zoned in on improve your relationship, and I think any relationship, what's at the core is trust and credibility, and trust is, you know, I really need to feel like you have my best interest at heart, and credibility is that you understand where I'm coming from, so... 
creating some space and energy to make sure that your boss felt list, feels listened to by you might be helpful. Um, you know, the trust component typically has three things to it. One is, you know, being trustworthy. So if your boss gives you something to do to make sure that what you say you're going to do, you do. Being trust encouraging, so kind of going to what Valerie was saying with regards to um, creating a space where your boss feels accepted by you because sometimes we're so concerned to being accepted by our boss, but, are, you know, do they feel accepted by us? So creating a space where they feel accepted and supported and encouraged to share their thoughts with us so that we, you know, can hear from them. And then being trusting where we actually do take the risk, as Jenny talked about earlier, of sharing our thoughts. And some of our thoughts might be, you know, about other things um, so that they kind of get to know what works for us and what could help us be more in sync with them. Um, I, I think when we're also just not getting what we feel we need from our relationships with our boss, you know, what people look for from their boss and sometimes be support direction or inspiration. So if it's inspiration, it's about, you know, what's the vision, if it's direction, it's about, you know, how do I do this? Or if it's support, it's, you know, how am I doing and, you know, and those things that a person might need to hear to, to build the confidence to do what it is they, they need to do. So getting in touch with what you need and then figuring out how to respectfully have that conversation with your boss um, can be helpful. And then always kind of keeping in mind um, what might you do more of to help your boss feel supported and leading with that to then also then be able to share what you would like to see your boss do to be more supportive of you could, again, potentially shift that energy and improve their relationship. Okay. Thank you so much, Elizabeth, for your um, question. Any other um, questions from our listening audience, Valerie? I have a question from, do I have another one? From Kenneth in Florida. (laughs) This is another tough one. Kenneth says, I have a boss who is the most incompetent and inept leader I have ever worked for. This guy knows that he doesn't know, and yet, without consulting anyone on his leadership team, will make a major decision which doesn't take into consideration any critical impacting issues. What can I do to address this? Hmm. Okay. Um Jenny or Valerie, either of you want to start us off with the response to Kenneth? Well, wow. my Oh, go ahead, Jenny. No, you go ahead, Valerie. I was going to say my first, always first action is to um, talk directly to the supervisor. I would think about how to phrase it, as Jenny discussed earlier, and Dr. G. Be really clear about how you're going to present to your supervisor, you know, you got to check language, but talk to them and, you know, don't go in being accusatory or judgmental and share with the boss how his action, his decision-making is impacting you personally, uh, your projects, your team, whatever that, uh, whatever his decision-making is creating in the workplace and hopefully he can he will hear you um and then i say if he can't hear you don't be afraid to go to his supervisor if he has a boss um you know share with them what you're experiencing and where the his behavior is taking the unit or the uh 
the organization. I think it's important first to have the conversation with him, and if he's not hearing you, then I think you can't be afraid to go to the boss. There are consequences to go to your boss's boss, but I think it's mm-hmm. worth it. Yeah, and and everything you've said I, I kind of agree with. I also think that when we talk about incompetence, it's already a judgment. And I think we want to define for ourselves what makes us feel our boss is incompetent. It may mean that they make bad choices. Mm-hmm. Um, it may mean that they're a slacker. Um, it may mean that they can't make decisions and yeah. everyone kind of scurries around. So really be clear about what you mean by incompetent. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then exactly. I think the number uh, one... Jenny, two, I heard the music where we have to probably begin to transition. Oh. Okay. So, no, we'll go on and wrap up your thought. Yeah. And then I think one of the winning ways is to compensate for his or her deficiencies mm-hmm. is... You know, try and make it work by filling in the gaps where mm-hmm. he or she is not good and yeah. not able to do that. Great. Yeah, very good. Uh, uh-huh. Valerie, you had a thought? Yeah, I was just going to say absolutely. I, th- I agree with you, Jenny. That's why I say don't be accusatory. Right. But, but share with him how mm-hmm. exactly what's happening with his mm-hmm. decision-making. And the other is, um, as you said, Make sure you do a good job. Make sure you cover mm-hmm. all of the bases and uh, take up slack if right. you are able to. Yeah, very good. I, I appreciate what has been said, and I always caution people with regards to going to their boss's boss to know the culture and and to be willing to suffer the consequences because sometimes there can be. So I just say think strategically about the whole picture mm-hmm. um, and know what potential impact there may be and I kind of like to to let that be part of your decision-making process as to what to do. Sometimes it's safer to go to the vision and being able to say to your boss, Kenneth, that, you know, my hope is to be able to contribute, you know, to the organization in ways where I can provide information that helps us make informed decisions in the future, and how can I get inserted? And so maybe it's really talking about the vision and what you want might be a place that you can kind of get there and not be at risk. Um, But I appreciate your question, and Jenny and Valerie, I really appreciate your sharing your wisdom and perspective. And with that, I know we have to transition off of our wonderful conversation. So I want to say thank you to each of you, and thank you to our listening audience for tuning in. Please join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter. Matter.